And, you know, we're so busy judging everything and everyone way too soon. We're here for the long game. Our lives are adding up in very deep ways that you can't see until that goal you score 20 years from now. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Live Well podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Wendy Slusser. Today, we get some questions answered, such as why were snakes at the original Olympics? How are the arts and sports connected? And how did the Greek tragedy come to be? We cover these questions and additionally explore how art is a way of maintaining joy in part one of this special two-part series with Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers is the perfect person to talk with about maintaining joy as he brings joy with him wherever, whenever he steps into a room, or a Zoom room for that matter. MacArthur Fellow, Peter Sellers, is a world-renowned theater director and artist regarded as one of the most influential opera directors of the past four decades. Peter explores challenging moral issues through his work abstracting traditional performances into a socio-political spectacle. His work spans disciplines and cultures across both academia and art. He also happens to be a distinguished professor in the UCLA Department of World Arts and Cultures Dance, where he has taught since 1988. Today, we talk about art in relation to, believe it or not, the 2028 Olympics, which at the surface may seem the complete opposite of the theatrical artistic world that Peter knows so well. But Peter helps us explore this intersection to discover there are maybe not so separate. Enjoy and stay tuned for part two. You really, really don't want to miss out on Peter's wisdom. Peter, it's an absolute honor to have you on this podcast. And Gwendolyn, the honor is mine <laughs> to yeah. be in your aura on Zoom. <laughs> I mean, you're a revolutionary, really, in the interpretations of classics and modern performances and a renowned director in theater, film, opera, and so many other parts of your life uh, are so um, meaningful and impactful. I found this quote of yours, which I thought was really so telling of who and what you are in regards to music. And you said, what I get to do is put music on a stage to describe people's lives, to describe people's hopes, to describe everything people long to have in this world. That was from one of your awards ceremonies. (laughs) Yeah, you said that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's actually true. I mean, what we're all looking for. What is it we're looking for? Let's talk about that. I always tell my students, you know, how to make art in three steps. You know, step number one is imagine the world you want to live in. Step number two, create that world. Hmm. Step number three, live in it. (laughs) I mean, that's what we're here on earth to do. We're here to actually say, what is missing from this picture? What are we hoping for? What are we looking for? What have we not seen yet that we want to see? And what have we seen way too much of that we don't need to see anymore? Mm. And let's refocus our vision. Let's refocus, you know, where we're looking and what we're concentrating on. And let's spend our time really productively and not negatively. But actually, you know, what we're against is pretty obvious. What are we for? That's the real question. 
And can we not only articulate that, but can we realize it? And one of the great things about art is it's a way to realize new ideas and make them really palpable. You can hear them, touch them. They're singing to you. They're speaking to you. And it's something you only dreamed of. And there it is. It's real right in Mm -hmm. front of you. And just particularly in difficult times when we're all waiting for change and look, you think, oh my God, how is it ever going to come? What's great about art is, okay, let's try this out. Let's spend our time experimenting and say, what could this look like? What might this look like? How might this work? Let's try it. Instead of just get depressed while we're waiting. (laughs) Let's just, let's actually the opposite. Let's actually keep our joy. And one of the great things about, you know, a work of art and making a work of art and sharing a work of art is it's not something you do alone. Mm -hmm. It's gathering people. And of course, the joy is this gathering, the sense that, okay, we're not alone. None of us are ever alone. That's so lovely. And it's such a expression of your ability to inspire people who might not consider themselves as artists to be artists. And that was something that really struck me in a conversation you had with a previous provost from UCLA about why you were drawn to be a professor at UCLA versus a conservatory like Juilliard. Again, one of the reasons you you love a university is the word universe. <laughs> That's a very good word. <laughs> it's like, just say, excuse me. Uh, first of all, every one of us brings a universe with us. And every human being is a universe. And so actually to be in a space where we're talking about universities, we're talking about things that are are bigger than our little world. We're talking about a universe, which is how many worlds not only coexist, but energize and activate each other. We really are talking to students who are in history, who are in the humanities, who are in the sciences, who are going into government. We need all hands on deck. This is not just for one part of the society to address. A culture of care has to move through every part of the society, which is why it has to be created and cultivated in a university where there's a new generation of people moving into all of these fields. And we have to together find a way in which it's a larger culture And every one of these fields has their place and their role. And so so the sense that, you know, you're just studying art because you're interested in art is not that interesting for me because art is not about art. Art is about everything else. Art is this arrow pointing you away from art towards something in life. Something in life that needs to be attended to, that needs to be looked at, that needs to be understood more deeply. The great thing about an art project is it's only positive. Nobody has to be targeted. Nobody has to, you know, it's just an experiment and it's fun and it's exciting. And most every human being has been trapped in an identity that is way smaller than who they really are. Art is this beautiful space that lets people have the 360 of who they are. And let's just say, okay, these very rigid rules and structures aren't working very well. 
in fact, they're holding everyone back. So can we create some structures that are more fluid, that are more open, that are more reciprocity? And what's beautiful about an art project is it's constant reciprocity. Somebody proposes something, something proposes something else. And those two things move and that starts to shift. And not to get too technical, Wendy, but, you know, Mozart, you know, and Haydn and Beethoven, all those, those guys in Vienna <laughs> invented something called sonata form, which is the basis for almost every one of their pieces of music. And in sonata form, basically idea A shows up at the beginning and you hear this nice tune and you say, okay, that's very nice. And then the shock is idea B shows up and idea A is very annoyed because the world was idea A only. (laughs) And now it's suddenly you have to include idea B. And so idea A has to completely reimagine itself until it can include idea B. And idea B enters a conversation and ends up transforming everything around them. That's the sound of social inclusion. Mm. That's the sound of how to receive immigrants. That's the sound of, hello, something new is entering your world and change your world to include it. Mm, It's beautiful. You know, you came to our steering committee and shared the origins of how art is part of the Olympics, which is another kind of dissonance that, or inclusion maybe of art in a world that you wouldn't necessarily consider. And I'd love you to share a little bit about how that really parallels what you just described about music in a way. Where do the arts and sports find likeness? Well, you know, art and sports are about basically the same thing, is how do you get really good at something? It's about across a lifetime, arriving at the moment when you can make the crucial move when the crucial move has to be made. And that's what it is to play the guitar or a violin or or dance or paint, is that you're, you're working on something that's your life work. And, you know, we're so busy judging everything and everyone way too soon. We're here for the long game. Our lives are adding up in very deep ways that you can't see until that goal you score 20 years from now suddenly absolutely upends the world. And so for me, that sense of patience, that sense of go back in there, keep working on this, keep working on this, commitment, love, doing something that needs your whole heart put into it. That is just the most important thing in the world. It's not a job. It's a commitment of who you are. I always tell people, you know, if you want to know who you are, look at all the things you're not paid to do and that you do because that's who you are. Because you love those things. You care about those things. You care about those people. You care about those issues. That's who you are. And what you want to do is put who you are up front rather than all the way in the back. Mm-hmm. And so the arts are that space where you're involved in healing a society that at any given moment has plenty of wounds and is taking plenty of blows. And a society, a whole society needs space to heal, time mm-hmm. to heal. The Greeks knew that to put a society back together, to hold a society together, with some kind of love and goodwill, 
meant that you had to create sports and the arts. That is to say, we all have issues. So let's get out on the field and go for it (laughs) and get all that anger and all that intense stuff, get it out on that soccer ball, <laughs> you know, just, just put it out there and stand and be in the seats and scream your lungs out. <laughs> Let's go for it. That's the first step of healing. <laughs> and, then, and with the arts, it's, you know, the same thing, but with music, with singing, with, with dancing, with making something so beautiful that you actually can right there, go forward. What I love, Wendy, is the Olympics, the early Olympics in Greece is, you know, when you went to the Olympics in the town of Epidaurus, as you walk in the Olympic grounds, the first building is the incredible Asclepia, which is the Temple of Healing, where Asclepius, the god of healing, presides with his snakes, his healing snakes that he's brought from Africa. And you go into the temple. You say, I'm going to the Olympics, but first you stop and you tell the attendants about your medical issues. What's happening in your body? What's happening in your mind? And then your first night at the Olympics, you sleep in that temple. And the snakes, the healing serpents, come to you in your dreams and they tell you about the next stages of your treatment. Then you wake up on the next morning of a new day in your life. And the next building on the Olympic grounds is called the Odeon. And it is a giant space of beautiful healing food, food prepared with love and with wisdom and music, sacred music. And you find your physical, mental, spiritual equilibrium at that morning meal. And you start a new day in your life with the right food and with this atmosphere created by the music that puts your whole system in some kind of harmony. I find it so fascinating, Peter, how health was taken so seriously at these ancient Olympics. As we increase cultural conversations around health, I'm curious if there's a way to reintegrate these sort of community health standards, or maybe we call them rituals even, at modern-day cultural events. Were there other ways in which ancient culture used community gathering like the Olympics or other art forms to navigate societal issues? Of course, the Greeks used art because after the games, you know, they made these incredible statues of these athletes. And you get these, you know, the beauty of the human body, you know, at this moment in in the life of a human being, the body is so gorgeous. And you look at the faces of these statues. They're so, the faces are open. The expression with no fear. You can see the courage. You can see the vision in the faces of these beautiful Greek sculptures. And then... After the games, you go up the hill and the Greeks have prepared something for every visitor to the Olympic Games, and that's called tragedy. Mm. Wait a minute, what? Where's the feel-good entertainment? And the Greeks said, no, no, we're already feeling great. The Olympic Games make you feel great. And once you feel great, let's all together look at the things we're not doing well as a society. 
let's look at youth suicide because mm. it doesn't we, that's not going to be changed by passing laws that's actually going to be changed because we as a community come together to say let's address this and talk about this wow so you just outlined a roadmap for what we could do potentially uh in 2028 when the olympics comes to los angeles and I wanted to understand how you could reconcile or how you integrate your passion for social justice. You know, again, the so many of the stories that were put forward in the Greek theater were also about disability. Because, you know, again, what a healthy body can do uh, is an amazing story. And how you train your body to overcome obstacle after obstacle but of course the same thing is true when we're when we're talking about uh disability and we're talking about again people facing an obstacle and rising to it and figuring out day after day after day how to achieve this with incredible virtuosity incredible grace incredible deep commitment and looking into themselves because of course you're not just an athlete because you do exercises <laughs> you know you're you're an athlete because you're looking deep into who you are and victory is as always you know the jihad it's about victory over yourself mm-hmm. it's overcoming your own limitations is the first step to being human and saying, yes, the world is putting out plenty of obstacles, but guess where most of the obstacles are actually in you. <laughs> so could you start with working with your own obstacles? And that's, of course, what, what great athletes are doing, is they're conquering themselves before they step out on that field. And and that's, of course, what artists are about. It's about wrestling with you know the hardest issues in our lives, but not hiding that, but doing it in public and just saying, okay, if one person can step forward, it does change how everybody votes. <laughs> because when you see somebody who self-liberated or liberated with the help of a community of people who supported them, then you say, okay, it is possible. Mm-hmm. And that just to break the lock of to say, no, no, it is possible. We're going to demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. And of course, that's why the Paralympics have turned into such an important part of the Olympics. And I think in LA, in 2028, they're going to be on equal footing with the the official Olympics, because we're beginning to recognize that the human story starts from the top and starts from, from the hardest, hardest places. Life itself is a challenge. Hello. <laughs> and so could we get better at responding to the challenges that life is handing us. Because the reason we're here on Earth is to be challenged. And and it's out of the struggle that the breakthrough is gonna come. And, and so art and sports are a way to make the struggle powerful, thrilling, and share that. Mm-hmm. So it's not just your struggle you're going through alone, but it's a struggle that brings light to the world. That's beautiful. I hate to leave you on a cliffhanger with this conversation, but it's just so wonderful that we had to split it into two. 
A big takeaway for me this episode is how arts and sports are both lifelong commitments to navigating struggle in thrilling and uniting ways. You have a lot to look forward to in the next episode as we dive even deeper into a culture of caring and using art as our greatest tool. In the meantime, check out our website to explore recent episodes with guests like Dr. Drea Letamendi and Evan Kleiman, or to provide feedback with our contact form. Keep up to date by following us at Healthy UCLA on Instagram. Talk to you soon and take great care. This episode was brought to you by the Semmel Healthy Campus Initiative.